Well, well, well. What a night to be a Cincinnati Bengals fan. The Bengals stay undefeated in the white Bengal uniforms. Jake Browning goes absolutely crazy. We've got a lot to recap on our Week 13 recap on Blue Collar Bengals. What a night, what a night. Oh, my God. I don't know about you, Bengals fans, but I am still riding the high, riding the wave of this victory. Um, The team found a way to win. Um, I mean, just firing on all cylinders. How are you feeling tonight? I'm still just – I'm shocked. I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I had zero confidence going into that game. I think on our preview show – I think on our preview show, I kind of alluded to that, but I'm going to be completely honest. Like whatever my confidence level felt like on the show last episode, it was probably actually lower than that. Wow. Okay. I, I, uh, but they showed out. They showed out. <laughs> I mean, he went, he went fucking crazy. I probably cussed too early for YouTube. Please. I'm sorry, but okay. you got to understand the circumstances here a little bit. Yeah. YouTube, Mr. I us some slack. So I, I saw that first drive where Higgins is running just wide open and Browning was just like a statue in the pocket and took that sack. And I was like, all right, <laughs> like, here we go again type shit. But then dude, just from that, the offense was humming, man. I mean, aside from two trick plays that we can we can talk about a little bit later, what a, what a hell of a game plan. What a hell of a a called game from Zach Taylor. And like I said on Twitter last night, we got to criticize the guy fine, but we got to praise him just as loudly when he deserves it. And outside of those two calls that I'll never understand, he called a damn good game with a backup quarterback against a good football team. Yeah. I, I mean, it, like I said it last week, they, they tried to take a game plan built around Joe Burrow and slap it on Jake Browning, and it didn't work. And what did they yep. do in the game? They made a game plan without Joe Burrow in it. I mean, you had guys, you had Mixon running the ball like crazy. You had uh, Chase Brown running the ball like crazy. Uh, the weapons were utilized in a slightly different way. I mean, aside from that, like, feet-in-the-mud first kind of passing drive from Browning, like, holy crap, dude, they were humming. Yeah, man, and we got people in the chat. We got Zach with uh, we, we Did It Boys, uh, the legendary drunk Bengals fan in the comments saying it's Jake Browning season. Ben, the most electrifying man on the internet, maybe. Um, Iowa fan, sorry you had a rough weekend on Saturday, but it got better on Monday. And then Zach says that uh, we found something that worked offensively. Really hope we continue to do it. So this is a good time, I think, to bring in our box score breakdown presented by Hooday. That's W-H-O-D-A-I.com. On-demand Bengals AI stats. All the Bengals content right on one web page. Kyle, we hope you heal up. I know you're going through some back surgery stuff. Man, I hope things get better for you. But he he's a champion of the people. He gritted through the pain, and he made us our awesome box score breakdown graphics for this week. So let's start with the man, the myth, the legend. Jacob Christopher Browning. He's even got the shades on in the graphic this week. Jake Browning, week 13 versus the Jaguars. 32 completions, 37 attempts, 354 yards, an average of 9.6 yards per completion, one touchdown, no interceptions. He did take two sacks for a loss of 12 yards. He did have a rushing touchdown, finished with a QBR of 84 and a rating of 115.5. I'm not saying this. Some are. He might be him. And the props are back. What the fuck is going on? It could be. He could be him. But I got to say one thing about Jacob Christopher Browning is that boy came out ready for war. He heard all the mean shit, you guys. Not Bengals fans. I'm not singling you out. He heard all the mean shit we're saying about him after the Pittsburgh game. And he strapped his boots up. And he came out. And he whooped that ass like we did in the Middle East for 10 years, 
Dude, I got to say, if he plays <laughs> like that the rest of the season, playoffs? You want to talk about playoffs? Jake Browning leading this team into the playoffs? Holy shit. What a quarterback. Did you just say, did you just say whooping ass like America's been doing in the Middle East for 10 years? I don't, I honestly don't know what I said. Sometimes I like the sentence just rolls out of my mouth and my brain with it. That was awesome. That was fucking crazy. Just dunking on everybody that ever fucked with America. Sorry about it. You're not as strong as we are. And the Jacksonville Jaguars defense is not as strong as Jake Browning is. And not only did Jake Browning have himself a game, but he didn't just rely on Jamar Chase. He didn't just rely on T. Higgins. He spread the ball around. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight receivers with a catch. Starting off, of course, with Jamar Chase. Maybe he is still always fucking open. 11 catches, 149 yards. Average 13.5 per catch. The touchdown on a 76-yard bomb from Browning. And he had those 11 catches on 12 targets. Joe Mixon, still an effective football player. I don't give a fuck what the internet says. Six six receptions, 49 yards. Average of 8.2. Tyler Boyd got in the game. Five strong catches, 37 yards. T, three for 36. Tanner Hudson, four for 35. Trent Irwin, one for 25. Did not score a touchdown for my Drew Sample, Trent Irwin lottery ticket parlay, but that's all right. Mitchell, Mitchell Wilcox got in the game, one catch for 12 yards, and then Drew Sample had one for 11. So Jake was moving the ball around. He wasn't just chucking fuck it balls to Jamar Chase. He was he was going through his reads. He was finding his guys, and he was he was dotting up the Jags' defense. Dude, it was great. Uh, Jamar had himself a day. Uh, put himself in Bengals' uh, record books there. Uh, we had guys left and right spreading the ball around. Uh, Tyler Boyd, uh, wide receiver, uh, we have come to figure out after this game. Uh, he, he had a couple good catches. T. Higgins back in the mix. Uh, are we a tight end team now? So, you remember all the, like, go get Hayden Hurst or why didn't we draft this tight end? And the Bengals literally were like, we have tight ends at home is I think what Joe Goodberry said after the Buffalo game or during the Buffalo game. We, I, apparently we are a tight end team now. He hit, I mean, he hit three different tight ends. You know, it's not like they, none of them stuffed the stat sheet or anything like that, but they were finally utilized. They were the safety valve that the tight end is supposed to be. And he found that dump off. And one more thing on Browning. I got a text from Josh Collier who came on the show with us for the preview, our Jags fan buddy. He just says, Jake Browning should be thanking me for going on blue collar Bengals and giving him motivation. Now, I don't want to I don't want to speculate. Did Jake Browning watch the show, see that disrespect and then channel it into lighting up your defense, Josh? I don't know. Can't can't confirm or deny. He could have. He very he very well could have. Uh, I called him a hustler in the last episode uh, and I think he came through. Um, I think that it's safe to say that uh, he's a friend of the program now, an unconfirmed friend of the program, considering he heard heard what we said, and he went out and he dotted the Jags up. So, Jake Browning, if you ever see this, open invite to join us on this show. Uh, We'll schedule it around you. Yeah, definitely. Now, offensively, Another just pleasant, pleasant, pleasant sight was the run game last night. So look at the stats for the run game. We've got Joe Mixon, 19 carries, 68 yards. He averaged 3.6 per carry, scored two touchdowns with a long run of 18. And then finally, we got something from another running back, Chase Brown, nine carries, 61 yards, averages 6.8, had that long 31-yard run that really got me going. Jake Browning, two for 22. He had a nice little 11-yard scramble, and then Tyler Boyd took the end around uh, for five yards. So we we got some action out of the running game last night, and I thought that, that was magnificent because, like I said, Never been a Joe Mixon hater, not a Joe Mixon or die guy. I'm just kind of, hey, I want the running game to work. I don't give a shit who it was. And last night, it was both of them. It was fucking wonderful. And I put this tweet out. The Bengals have scored over 30 points three times this season. That was because in, let's see, let's pull it back up. Oh, wrong button. Bengals have scored over 30 points three times this year. Arizona win 30 rushing attempts. San Francisco, win, 27 rushing attempts. Jacksonville, win, 31 rushing attempts. I don't care what anybody says. 
balance is best for this team. I don't care how good the weapons are. I don't care if Joe Burrow is back there playing his best football. They need to run the rock. Rant over. I defer to you. 100%. And uh, the success in, in this Jacksonville game uh, came via a sort of running back by committee game plan. Uh, typically, yeah. all, we, all we see is Joe Mixon. That's it. Typically, all we see one, two, third down, fourth down. That's all we see. But Chase Brown got looks last night. And, I mean, I in my eyes, he's solidified himself as running back, too, in my eyes and my heart. Uh, but they had to look – they had two different guys to look at and try to defend. Uh, Mixon is powerful. He, he's running through. He's, he's able to, to get in the end zone at the end of drives. Uh, he had some stretch plays. But Chase Brown, dude, holy shit. The guy can book it. The only thing I didn't see from Chase Brown last night that I think would solidify him as running back two – um, I just didn't get – I didn't see him get enough pass-blocking snaps because I think that that's important for the Bengals' RB2. Travion still has the edge there. But when it comes to running back two and running the football, it, it is. And it was it was a steady rotation. I mean, it seemed like every third drive or so we saw Chase, Chase Brown getting carries. It wasn't sporadic, you know. I mean, Mixon still got the lion's share of him. He was running the ball well. Things were going good, so you keep the guy in the game. You ride the hot hand like I've kind of been talking about. But, man – Talk about making the most of the opportunities you get. Chase Brown, just RB2, and who knows, man. If 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 it is the end for Mixon, like some say it might be. I'm not saying that. Some have said it. If it is, maybe he's RB1. Could be, yeah. And I speak in terms of running the rock. Uh, there's, a, there's a total package you've got with a guy that can pass block as well. So uh, you do need to see that. But in terms of running the ball, man, I mean, good Lord, good night. The boys are running, and it was fun to watch, dude. It was really, really fun to watch. We got a comment from a Darren Sizemore who is addicted to uh, Christmas decorations. The extra medium Cincy basketball jersey is Liddy. This is not an extra medium, all right? This is this is an extra large for my big ass. I think my camera's just at a bad angle. This is fucking cool, though. It's got the Paul Brown signature, the 513 logo. Cincy from Wade and Williamson, they sent me this. So shout out to them. But, um... I think maybe it makes my tits look a little bit bigger than they actually are. <laughs> they're good, dude. I got one too. They're they're just unbelievable. Um, no. Maybe I should have gone hoodie under it instead of just yeah. long sleeve hoodie to hide That's the tits. They're, <laughs> they're I'm great. comfortable with my body. All right. Holy shit! Go defense. Right. Let's. Yeah. Man. 13, 13 minutes in, we're already fucked. Um, <laughs> yeah, defensive stats. Now, there's a conversation to be had about the defense, but let's look at the numbers here first. Um, Jermaine Pratt, 12 tackles, four solos, uh, a tackle for loss. DJ Turner, Michigan man, eight tackles, eight solo. Cheeto, eight tackles, six solo. Logan Wilson, fan favorite, household favorite, eight tackles, five, five solo. Jordan Battle. A story that I've been trying to sing since the draft. Seven tackles, four solo, one sack, and a tackle for loss. Dax Hill, Michigan man, six tackles, four solo. DJ Reader, six tackles, one solo. Mike Hilton, five tackles, two solo. BJ Hill, three tackles, two solo. Mike Hilton also had the two tackles for loss that I missed. Sorry about that. Sam Hubbard, three tackles, one solo, one sack, uh, one for a loss. Cam Sample, two tackles, one solo. Trey Henderson, one tackle, one solo, one sack. One tackle for loss. So lots of guys getting in on the action on the defense last night. And before we go too crazy, I still have to say that I'm still concerned about the yeah. defense. Yeah. Any anytime you get 30 plus points on you, it, it sucks. Um, there was a lot of, of pass plays that were just like, oh my God, how come? Like why? Uh, I attribute that to to Trevor Lawrence's talent and the the defense needing to figure some stuff out. Um, I don't think that all everything was bad. I think that they did a lot of good stuff this game. Um, a lot of young guys playing well, uh, which we'll talk about. Uh, but uh, what are your overall thoughts? Here's my question on the defense. There, is it, there's no way Von Bell and Jesse Bates meant that much, right? I tweeted that out last night. There's no way they meant that much, right? And then I get to thinking about it, and I wonder just with the young secondary with 
DJ being a rookie, Jordan Battle being a rookie, Dax Hill in his first year starting. I haven't seen Lou. He did it with Hilton a couple times toward the end of the game last night. But overall this year, I haven't seen him dial up those exotic pressures that we're used to, that we really love Lou to do when he brings his nickel up or he brings his safety up and sends him off the edge. I remember it in the Rams game a little bit. I remember it a little bit last night. But overall, I haven't seen that as much as he's done it throughout his time in Cincinnati. And I'm wondering if that's just because he may not trust the young guys back there just yet. It could be, yeah. Um, I think they're make the young guys are making some flash plays, uh, but but I, I just you can't you can't have thirty points put on you. You know what I mean? That's what a that's yeah. What period. Yeah. If if Jake Browning doesn't play probably literally the game of his life, we lose that. You know what I mean? Um, so I, there, there's there's a lot to work on in practice this week going into the next game, which we'll talk about Thursday, but. Um, we just got to tighten up. You know what I mean? And people are saying that Bates does mean that month. I see a comment from Shannon Bangard in there, and people were saying it to me on Twitter because of how he's doing in Atlanta. But, like, if we're being completely honest, we got that Jesse Bates in the 2021 playoffs in the Super Bowl run. We didn't get that Jesse Bates last year for whatever reason. Was it the contract? Was it? I, I, don't, I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter. That's not the product that we got. He played well. He was not this Jesse Bates or 2021 Jesse Bates last year. So, like, I I understand that he's balling out. The Bengals were never going to pay him that money. But, like, there's also kind of a lack of a pass rush. I mean, I think they had three sacks last night, which which is an improvement. But the, the pass rush hasn't been getting home nearly as much either. And I think that's a big thing for the Bengals because they they lived off those simulated pressures is what people I think called them with the graphs and charts and whatever the fuck they guys, those guys do where they don't get home, but they pressure the quarterback enough to where he throws it away. He makes a bad throw or whatever. It's just the attack is not there. The Bengals defense seems more reactive than proactive like they were in years past. And people are saying, look at Lou Anarumo fell off a cliff. Lou Anarumo doesn't know what he's doing anymore. Like it, what the hell's happening? I don't know. But let's be honest, man. If the Bengals are going to take this thing to the playoffs, you cannot give up 30 points to anybody and expect Jake Browning to go get you 31. It's just not how it's going to work. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you got to look. I mean, Lou Anderson still got good scheme, good schemes. Uh, the defense plays well in, in, good, in areas uh, we needed to play well most of the time. Um, points is an issue. Uh, you're, I mean, you're looking at a, a group that's new together starting. You know, do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you lose Bell and Bates' talent, uh, but you also lose a little bit of that gel. Uh, so they're figuring it out. Um, the way the season's gone so far, or sorry, the way this, the direction the season has gone, losing Joe Burrow, uh, I, I'm not angry about it or anything. Uh, I, I think they'll figure it out. Uh, just like that comment said right there, Cam Taylor-Britt being in that game brings in an, an entirely different dynamic at the DB position. So uh, there's a a piece to talk about there too. So Because he Cam Taylor Britt is undisputedly cornerback one for the Bengals. And the cornerback one spot matters so damn much. Look at Cleveland. Cleveland has a defense that has been doing historically good shit this year. And they were just a little bit different without Denzel Ward when they lost the Rams, and, and Stafford kind of had a day. It's just kind of how it goes. That that cornerback one position is very, very important. Cheeto, not knocking the guy at all, but the fact is he's 28. He's coming off a blown knee. He's had back issues. He, he just looks like a guy that's not back to his top of his game yet because he had a, a major injury. Sometimes it's the year after the surgery you see the guy really look like he's back. So I'm not shitting on the guy. It's just, you know, that's the name of the game. That's how it goes when you have an injury like that. So I, I think that Cam Taylor Britt is a bigger missing piece to the puzzle than some people might think. So that's, and that's going to be tough. He's, he's on IR for four weeks and if things don't go right the next couple of games, he might just call it a year. So regardless it's on Lou, it's on Cheeto, it's on everybody in the defensive back room to figure this shit out and tighten up because he's not coming back to save us anytime soon. Yep. hundred percent. He's a, he's a, his presence uh, or lack thereof is a very, very big hole in the defense. So we'll we'll see how they can clean it up without him. So um, I just got and a it's... text. Yeah, I just got a text from uh, Jalen Battle, um, who is Jordan Battle's brother, who is supposed to join us tonight. 
Um, I don't think uh, he realized there was a time difference when I was sending the stuff. So he is, he is hurrying uh, to try to join us uh, on the show this evening to talk some Bengals football. Uh, when he texts me and says he's home and stuff, uh, we'll have him come on. Uh, worst case scenario, he'll be on another episode and uh, apologize for that. Just uh, throwing that out there. But he's talking to me right now. So uh, I forgot he's got- in a different time zone. I didn't think of that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really. I don't even think I realized it. Uh, but uh, it is what it is. He's he's working his way onto the show. Um, we've got a awesome segment that I think we should get into. Uh, and uh, if you can cue up the wallop, I, we we got to talk about this, man. We we got to talk about this a little bit. So um, I'm gonna let you go ahead and uh, talk about the Cincy hat and then roll the footage, uh, and then we'll chit-chat about said footage. As always, Cincy Hat supports the village of Marici. I'm not going to make Ron say it. He's proven that he knows how to pronounce it now. Helps to, helps adults with developmental disabilities. Ted Karras just ran a promotion where he matched up to $120,000 of total sales. All proceeds go into the village of Marici to build housing for adults with developmental disabilities. Go to www.thecincyhat.com. Get hats that are cool like we're wearing. Get shirts. Get beanies. Get everything that you possibly need. They got fucking onesies on there, man. Um, so go to thecincyhat.com. Get everything that you need. And we're going to take you to not only the wallop of the week, but the wallops of the week. It was too much fun. We couldn't pick just one. We've got three wallops of the week for you. Let's roll the footage. Second round pick. Hand off to ETN. He's got another first down to to his left. Ridley. Strong tackle is made. Beathard. Is brought down. Play is made by Jordan Battle. Man, dude. And if you notice a trend in those defensive tackles and those stops and those smacks and those wallops, as we call them, they're all young guys, Drew. All of them. The Young Bucks came to hit last night. Dax Hill on the first clip. Also, DJ Reader with a nice chase down. Here comes Dax. Pop. You're fucking done, Michigan man. Next play, Ridley speeding toward the end zone. Calvin Ridley fast as hell. Hell of a football player. Here comes DJ Turner. And if you're a member of DJ Turner's Twitch stream where he's playing video games and talking to fans, he makes the noise bomb when he does really cool shit. That's B-A-H-M, I believe. Ridley's going to the goal line. DJ Turner, Michigan man, said, Bomb! Not today. Stuck him. Now they ended up scoring. That's not the point. That's not the point of the second. So Turner flies up with a big hit. And then, friend of the program, even though he hasn't been on it, but his brother's a friend of the program, so I'm assuming he's a friend too. Jordan Battle, new starting safety, having a ball out there, making plays out there, coming up, popping CJ Beathard. Beathard? Beater? Beater? Whatever. Uh, Who cares? Gets that down. They end up kicking the field goal, not getting a touchdown. Bengals go down, win the game in overtime. So those are your three wallops of the week. Dax Hill, DJ Turner, Jordan Battle. And I got I got to be honest, when I, when I was re-watching the game, there were more clips. Like, Battle had two more sticks. Turner yeah. had at least one more stick. Uh, Mike Hilton had hits. Uh, friggin' uh, Dax Hill had a couple. Like, everybody was was – was popping pads in this game. Uh, I just, I wanted to highlight the young guys here when we were picking this. And uh, honest to God, dude, it, it was exciting football. I think, I think I tweeted out four or five times, Jordan Battle in all caps. Like the, the dude is the starting safety now. And the dude loves to hit. And if you look at, uh, man, who shared it? Ace, Ace shared it. Uh, this is not to dunk on other Bengals players. There are other Bengals players that have some missed tackles or like their tackling missed percentage is high. Jordan Battle is like a freaking goose egg, dude. If he wraps yeah. you up, if he wraps you up, you're going down. The kid can play football, and I am fucking ecstatic. He is a Cincinnati Bengal, dude. I hate to say anything good about Alabama before Michigan beats the hell out of them on New Year's Day in the college football playoff, but that's that Bama boy, man. He 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 played under Saban. 
he was a captain, a starter for his whole career down there, and he learned how to hit. He learned how to tackle at Alabama, and that's translated to the NFL just absolutely beautifully. I cannot be more excited. And I saw a couple comments. I don't remember exactly who it was, but when Battle and Dax clean a few things up and get some of the young guy mistakes out, that's going to be a safety duo that I think will rival Bell and Bates. I don't know if it can be as good because we saw ridiculously good football out of Jesse Bates in 2021. I get it. But I think it can be damn close and it can be damn good. Yeah, I mean, Dax Hill had some great plays as well. Uh, And if he makes that interception in the end zone, we're having a different conversation right now rather than that freak play where he kind of bats it down and the guy catches it for a touchdown. We're having a totally different discussion with that pick, you know? I'm, I'm sick of that shit, all right? And I don't know if people are giving me shit because I talk so much about Michigan on Twitter or whatever, but, like, there's mentions where, like, Dax Hill's not him. Dax Hill's a bum. Dax Hill's a bust. Like, the guy jumped half a second early. I get it, dude. He's a pro football player. you got to pick that ball off. But this it's not like he got completely fucking toasted and just let a dude walk in. He dove maybe half a second early. Doesn't get it, doesn't secure the pick. And then a guy makes a great play behind him off a deflection on the back of the end zone. I mean, there's there's that much room between him and the sideline. A pro football player just made a good play. So don't don't be coming at Dax Hill's head over that shit. I'm sick of that. I don't know if it's because people hate him because he went to Michigan or if people just like fucking with me because I've been so obnoxious about Michigan the past few weeks. But knock it off, man. The guy was half a second early, and then an NFL wide receiver behind him made a hell of a play. Yeah, and I mean that's just a freak bang bang play. Uh, it's reminiscent of, uh, where am I pointing? This guy, like, getting a freak fumble and running it back. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes yeah. sometimes crazy plays happen. You know what I mean? How about that him? shit happens. Yeah, exactly. How about Hubbard nearly running another one back, but Trevor, Trevor crossed the, the plane? Uh, I was getting shit because I was like, that's dumb. Why does that score? Why do you get to go? Oh, I crossed it and I'm back. You know what I mean? Yeah, come on, finish the play. Uh, it was a touchdown. I'll shut up. I get it. But uh, how about Hubbard, man? He was right there. And can you imagine? He was he close. <laughs> oh my! But God. crossing the plane, the the ball is dead. That's why Roman Wilson's touchdown against Ohio State was a touchdown. Um, yeah. I got to I'm sorry. I can't help it. They just come into my brain, and I got to fucking let them out. I, I just got to let them go. Um, but Ohio State will be fine. They've got like fucking 30 guys in the transfer portal. Um, so when you're watching that game last night, there was a point where when when Browning hit Chase on that 76-yard touchdown, I was just like, we're going we're gonna to win this game, aren't we? Like it, it never really hit me until that point, and I think that was tied at 14. But I'm like, we're going to win this fucking football game, aren't we? Because I, I I had no expectations going into it. It was just – and I tweeted it with exactly four minutes left in the fourth. It was tied at 28. I said, I don't care what the result of this game is. This has been the most fun game of the year. It was a blast to watch. I thought I was going to watch the Bengals lose by 30 points, and I was going to be sad all night. So at four minutes left, game tied, I said, fuck it. You know what? It's been a success. This game has been fun. It's been entertaining. There's been great calls. There's been stupid play calls. There's been terrible officiating like there is in every NFL game ever. It's just, it had everything that you could want. So it was just it was just a fun football game, man. And I won some money. I won $384 last night. Yeah, that's good news. But easily the most entertaining primetime game we've had all season – Patrick Mahomes, all these other guys playing in primetime. I don't give a shit. We had Jake Browning and CJ out there, uh, like, painting a masterpiece for us toward the end there. Uh, I think when it was, like, 14-14, I was looking at my wife, and I was just like, I just, I think, like, this is a thing. Like, I think it's a thing. To- <laughs> it is. And she she was looking at me like, okay, okay, okay. And then it was 28-28, to 28, and I was like, we're fucking winning. Like, I don't think you understand, honey. We're winning. She's like, I know, I know. We're both excited. I want to get up. I can't. My knee's still jacked up. And then it's what? 31-31 was the the tie before we – and then it's just like I I couldn't handle it. Like, I was borderline going to have a heart attack. Uh, And then Money Mac finishes the game off, uh, and it's just like, holy shit. Like, just beautiful. Like, gorgeous game. Awesome. Uh, 
Do you want to? Should we talk about um, compliments to the chef Zach? You called an incredible game, but why the hell did you run that like reverse toss <laughs> twice? I, I'm not mad because it was so that egregiously stupid looking. Like, but why? So the first one, the first. The the reverse throw back to Browning. That was at the point where I was still kind of like in fuck it mode about the game. So I just I just I I laughed like I I, I legitimately laughed at that. <laughs> the funniest part is on the Manning cast. Eli Manning just goes, oh, no, in his plain Eli Manning face. And so I'm like, why, man? Why? Like, what What the fuck are we doing? It wasn't at a point in the game where you needed that. And then the one where Boyd threw the pick to Josh Allen from the Jags, so uh, uh, Josh Allen was finally on the good side of a turnover against the Bengals. Um, like, and, and I think I think it was Andrew Russell who uh, I interact with on Twitter a lot. Very, very smart guy. He was, I was like, I said, aside from these two dumb plays, Zach called a great game. And he was like, eh, that pass where Boyd threw the pick, like, it was there. It was an execution thing. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to fight you on that. Maybe it was. But my thing with it is, like, just the timing of it. That's when the offense was humming. Things were going good. I mean, they're going up and down the field. And then, like, that was very early in the drive. And I, Like, maybe if they would have executed it better, it would have been there. And we would have said Zach's in his bag. And, you know, that's how it goes. Play works, we praise it. Pray doesn't, we we slander it. That's fanhood, baby. It is what it is. But and if you know, so he said, you know, I, I want to see the tape on it, and I said, I, I understand that. But like, regardless, the timing of it to me was just dumb because you didn't need shit like that at, the, at that point. You were moving the ball at will. Yeah, I didn't get it. Like even looking back, I was like, what is what's Browning gonna do when he gets it? Like, is he gonna t- pass it? Like, are we expecting him to run with it? Like, I don't, I don't even know what the like. If that thing came to fruition, what the hell was the end result? Uh, it was but, a forward uh, pass, so he would have had to run. Yeah, right. So I just was like, "What is going on?" Uh, it was fun the first time they called it. I was crazy, like, "Hell yeah, get creative, have fun." Uh, when I saw it happening again the second time, I was like, "What? Like, why?" <laughs> but. Uh, I think it was weird to call the play again. Um, Boyd maybe could have made a different decision and not thrown that ball. Uh, he thought he could get it over Josh Allen's head. Uh, Josh Allen's an incredible athlete, picked it. Uh, it was just like a mess. Uh, but uh, I think you said it best. The timing to call that second one was very poor. I, I, I don't... Like, you're humming, you're going, you're going. Like, it was a turnover, and, like, it immediately, I was like, they're going to, that's points. Do, do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. If, if we somehow made a stop, that's three. But in my mind, like, Trevor Lawrence is talented. They're scoring. Do, do you know what I mean? So. It just, I don't know, man. Like, it's like I said, it, it's the name of the fanhood game, right? That play breaks, and. Mixon catches that ball and runs in for a touchdown from Jacksonville territory. We're like, holy shit, Zach was in his bag. He dialed up a fu-. you know, it's just it's just the way the game goes. But this my my whole issue on it was just the timing. It's just like, bro, like not there. We didn't need it there. I agree. I totally agree. We got some comments uh to get to. I I've I've been slacking on comments lately, and I'm I'm an asshole for that. Um but Cam Webb so says I didn't agree or I didn't understand the trick plays. What was the point? The offense was ready in a groove, no need for it. And that's kind of what I was saying. Like, bro, we're cooking right now. You don't you're cooking a bomb ass steak. You don't need to dump ketchup on it right now. Just keep marinating that some bitch. Um, yeah. Diehard Cincy fan 19. Can the Bengals extend T. Higgins? If so, how much would you give him? Um, I think that's a question for a little bit later in the season. It is. It is. I and I have something I'll talk later in the season too. I don't want to get my fucking head chopped off tonight on this episode, so I'll shut up. All right. I think they should make every single effort they can to re-sign T. Higgins. If they can't, you trade them for everything that you can get. Um, but, yeah, that's that's more for a little bit down the line. Um, 
Bo Brown, am I a terrible fan for wanting to lose out for Bowers? Now, this is a topic I saw a little bit discussed on Bengals Twitter last night. I guess some people were upset that the win was going to fuck with draft position, but I'm going to give you the real, my 100% honest feelings on this situation. The Bengals are alive for a playoff spot. Do I think that that Bengals offense from last night is sustainable enough to drive them to the playoffs with how the defense is playing? I I don't. But you still have a shot, and it's the NFL, and if you still have a shot at the playoffs, you try to get in the playoffs and see if you can get a miracle to happen. I don't – I don't – I'm not against tanking because there have been Bengals seasons where I'm like, fuck it, just lose out, get Joe Burrow, lose out, get Jamar Chase, whatever. But this isn't one of them yet just because look at the AFC North, all right? Baltimore's on top. They're balling. Cleveland, backup quarterback. Pittsburgh now, backup quarterback. Bengals now, backup quarterback. Four teams in the division, three of them are on backup quarterbacks, and all four have a shot at the po- at the postseason. Pittsburgh can falter at any minute. They are a fucking fraud. Cleveland has some issues with Denzel Ward off the field on their defense. I think that that is a big deal. I don't know his status, but Joe Flacco was spinning the ball, though, so maybe they go on and they they keep things going. The Bengals just came off their best offensive game of the year with a backup quarterback. So it's like you're still in it. You're not in it for the AFC North, but you're in it for a playoff spot. So – I, I can't just see laying down and tanking when there is a chance. If there's no chance, we can have a different conversation. But as of right now, you've got a shot to get in the dance. You've got to keep playing winning football. Yeah, I don't – I am not a tank guy. Um, it's okay if people are. Uh, I am of the notion that uh, if you, like, shoot me, you better kill me because I'm coming at you. Uh, so, like, I just – like, I can't – I can't root for a loss. It's like, it's not in my blood. Uh, I want to go 11 and six now and embarrass Kansas city in prime time in the AFC championship game and go to the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> right. like I, I'm saying it out loud. It sounds great. Like a crazy person. Uh, but like, I just, that's where I'm at. Like I'm fucking full speed ahead. Let's win. The draft is months and months and months away. I'll fucking worry about it when it gets here. And that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at because this isn't the college football playoff where your quarterback gets hurt and you're just not allowed to play the games anymore because playing the games doesn't matter if your quarterback goes down. This is the NFL where you can get in with a Nick Foles. I mean, I'm not saying that Jake Browning is Nick Foles, but everybody said the Eagles were cooked when Carson Wentz went down that year. We had there was a year when the when the four teams left were Nick Foles, Blake Bortles. Oh, I'm, I'm, I forget the other two. There was a year when, like, Blake Bortles isn't, people know who Nick Foles is, but, like, dude, they had no business being in the first football. But they were. And, dude, if it happens, like, holy shit, this, I mean, let's go. Like, I, and, and it sucks we lost Joe Burrow because the Browns don't have a starting quarterback. Uh, the Steelers have never had a starting quarterback this season. Kenny Pickett is a dog shit football player. Now he's out. The Ravens are good at football. They just are. Uh, but I don't, I don't have faith in them in the playoffs. I just don't. Maybe this is the year they do it, though. They look they look electric. It's, it's fun to be a Ravens fan right now, probably. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I would never do that. I'm not a freak. Uh, but – the, the Chiefs are also having a down year, dude. Like, oh, my God. Like, if there was a year that to make a run, this could have been it. So, in my eyes, maybe this is the year where we cook up a miracle. Like, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. But when there's a chance for it to happen, I think you keep trying for it. And there, there's some Brock Bowers discourse going on in the comments. But Brown makes a good point. He said, Brock Bowers isn't just some regular tight end that comes out every year. He's a rare talent. And he is. I love Brock Bowers. I've posted Brock Bowers mock-ups in Bengals jerseys several times. I think that he's phenomenal. But the fact of the matter is, the Bengals still have a chance at a winning season, at a playoff berth, and I can't – I've rooted for the Bengals to lose one time. And that was 2019 in Miami. Because losing that game – secured us Joe Burrow. 
It secured us the number one pick. What I would knew was going to be a franchise altering pick. And I sat in my living room and I asked God himself up above, why the fuck do the Bengals finally get the onside kicks and two point conversions that they need to win a game when I'm dying for these motherfuckers to lose so we can get Joe Burrow. That's the one time I've ever rooted for them to lose. Now there have been seasons where I know that the playoffs are out of reach and they're not playing for anything. So I'm like, fuck it. If they lose, they lose. But I can't, I can't root to lose right now when there is a chance of getting in the game. And in the, in the NFL, sometimes you just want a chance. Yeah, we're, we're not the Panthers. You know what I mean? We're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs already. You know what I mean? We'd be having a different conversation if we were. I have to go back and, and uh, reminisce about Andy Dalton trying to absolutely derail the future of this franchise during that Miami game when he was, like, all of a sudden playing like fucking Peyton Manning. Uh, I remember him throwing balls, AJ catching him. I'm like, what are, what are you doing? Like, why are you, <laughs> why right now are you turning the Jets on and doing this? Like, I, it was fucking unbelievable. Long story short, we've got Joe Burrow now. But um, I don't know, dude, if, if Brock Bowers falls to the Bengals somehow and we're, if we have a good draft pick or if we have a draft pick that's a little lower and we get the guy, holy shit, hell yeah, that would be so kick ass. But I have faith in them picking a talent regardless of our, our draft uh, selection or our draft selection position. You know what I mean? So I'll worry about it when I have to worry about it. I, I just can't root for losses, man. I just can't do it. And there, there were a lot of mocks that I've seen from like the very smart mock draft people that are already releasing them that had Browers going in like the top five where I don't think the Bengals were going to get to the top five anyway. I think I, they would have needed like a lot of other teams to – start winning games and like they would have to lose out. Like, I think it was going to be very hard to get in Brock Bowers range anyway. I think there was a path for us to get to eight, but I think eight was as high as we can mathematically go. Someone's going to fucking tell me I'm wrong, but I think eight was mathematically as high as we were able to go. Uh, but we just, I mean, I don't know where we're at now. We just beat Jacksonville. So who knows where we're at now? I mean, we're going to be top 15 or we're going to be outside top 15. Who cares? So it's it, it, it's a question, and I, I I saw some people saying that people were upset about the win. I didn't see it for myself, but um, I I was doing I had a very active Twitter night. I was like shotgun and Keystone Lights. I was giving away football jerseys. Um, I think I saw him in the the comments. Blake back. So we were bullshitting on Twitter. Uh, before the game, talking about what jersey we were going to wear or something. He said, all I have is this old A.J. Green jersey. So I replied, I said, hey, Bengals win. I'll buy you a new one. And sure as shit, the Bengals won. So last night, he lives in Jacksonville, actually. Um, oh. So sure as shit, last night, I'm buying him a Jamar Chase jersey from Fanatics and having it uh, sent down to Jacksonville for him. So he had one Bengal great, and now he can have the next Bengal great. And then my good friends at BetJack, shout out, are teaming up with me to give away a Jake Browning jersey to somebody that I'm picking tomorrow. So, like, I had a very active night with the mentions and Ravens fans in my message request for some fucking reason. So I didn't see a lot of the timeline last night, but there was apparently some back and forth of people being upset that they won, but I didn't personally see it. I didn't see it either. I saw some people, I don't know, any anytime something like this happens, there's always that crowd that's like, if you aren't part with us, then don't come be with us now. Like, dude, fuck that. Like, if you, it, like, no matter where you were at the beginning of the game, welcome back. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And let's, let's root for this fucking team. Like, whatever. I don't, I don't garbage. Um, I didn't see it. Yeah. Like you said. Uh, but fucking, who cares, dude? Uh, I love that you, I love that you gave away that to Mark Chase jersey, though, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> it's it's just it's the up and down emotion of fanhood, right? Like the Super Bowl year where the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, I watched the Bengals play the Browns at my buddy's house, surrounded by Browns fans. Yeah. Browns had just got rid of Odell Beckham. Nick Chubb ran the ball down our throats. It was miserable. I questioned why I watched football that day. I questioned life that day. And then the following Monday, I'm looking at the team we're playing next. Like, how can we beat them? Then the Bengals go on a ride. So you know what? Like, all of this, like, I'm going to pull receipts, and you said something bad about Zach Taylor three weeks ago, but now you said something good. Like, who gives a fuck, dude? This is fandom. It goes up and down. There's ebbs and flows of it. So, like, 
be wherever you want to be, man. Like I just, I, I don't, I don't like it when people are like, oh, well, you said Zach Taylor sucked three weeks ago. Then you just said he called a good play. What are you going to do now? It's like, yeah, dude, I felt the same emotion both times. It's just different times. I thought it sucked then. I thought it was good then. Who fucking cares? Yeah, gate fandom gatekeeping is one of the ugliest things out there. I hate it. I don't know that and these like stupid tailgate wars. I don't want to just shut up and. <laughs> You're trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> shut up and have fun, man. That's that's how I. By the way. Great. I will say this, though. I don't like when people say, well, I'm not going to be a fan of the Bengals for the rest of the year. I'm going to root for Like, hold on now. Let's not do that. Weird. Stay with That's us. Cool. Just be on whichever side you want. Um, yeah. Criticize it. Phenomenal comment from drunk Bengals fan. Um, this is just fun football to watch. No expectations. So if they make the playoffs, they are excelling. We've seen this team without Chase, Higgins, Mixon, but we haven't seen them without Burrow. Um in the last couple of years, we haven't. And that's exactly where I kind of was once the Burrow news came out. I'm like, fuck it, dude. I'm going to watch this team because I love watching the Bengals. If they win and they give us a thrilling, exciting game like they did last night, hell yeah. But if they lose, I'm not going to be nearly as upset as I was when they lost week two versus Baltimore, or week one versus Cleveland, or you know, those early season losses suck because everything's still in front of you. The season's fresh. It's brand new. I don't expect this team to win a Super Bowl. So if they lose, I'm not going to be like all pissed off and in a bad mood like I normally am. I'm just going like, ah, well, they fucking lost, whatever. But yeah, dude, like just enjoy the ride, man. Like football is my mental vacation. There's enough nasty, bad shit going on in the world. I don't want to think about it when I watch football. So fuck it, man. Let's just watch football and let's just enjoy it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Do you, do you have, um, I think I texted it to you. If you don't have it, that, uh, Teddy Karras, Walter Payton, man. Yes. Can you throw that up there and we talk about that real quick? Probably should have got to that after or before the wallop of the week. I was just thinking about it, but we get on our rants, you know, but our very own Ted Karras, the face behind the Cincy hat is up for Walter Payton, Man of the Year. He is the Bengals nominee. Um, All the work that he's done with the Village of Marici through the Cincy hat has been phenomenal. Um, I should have put this on here or uploaded the different graphic, but I am a dumbass. Um, If you tweet hashtag WPMOY challenge and then Karis, that counts as a vote and retweets on that count as a vote. So, Tweet out hashtag WPMOY challenge Karis. And then if you see somebody else tweeting it, just go ahead and retweet that son bitch because that is a that is a vote as well. So he is doing phenomenal things for people in his hometown of Indianapolis. He's got the indie hat, which is an indie thing that they have going on out there. So he's he's kind of reached two different markets because that's where he's from. Um, we have a chance to have an impact on this um, outcome. So if you get a chance, do what you can vote for Teddy cares. The guy deserves it. And I would really, really like to see him win it. And it's going to be awesome to see him with the Walter Payton patch on his Jersey. Yeah. And I re- I did it today. I retweeted it. I think like a hundred of you guys quote or retweeted my tweet, which was phenomenal. Uh, just do it once a day, man. Be thinking about it. it popped up, retweet it, man. It all, it all counts as a vote. Uh, he's, He's done absolutely phenomenal things. Uh, I just learned about the indie hat. That's cool that it's expanding. Um, I, I just, you cannot beat the amount of charitable work he's putting in right now. I mean, and I know he's got a lot of people that are that are working beside and underneath him to make this thing happen. Uh, so if he wins Walter Payton Man of the Year, I mean, that goes to, to, to a bunch of people making the Cincy hat happen. Uh, helping out the the village of Marici there, but uh, vote for our guy Teddy, uh, friend of the program, awesome dude. Since he had, can't plug it enough. I mean, just vote, 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 vote. Yeah, and shout out to Matt Rennie, who is like the brains of the operation. He works his absolute ass off. He hooks us up with stuff to give away to you guys. Um, he he is a very, very big part of that, too. And there's a lot of other people behind the scenes that, that do the work at the Village of Marici that, you know, it's going to be kind of an award for all of them if Ted Karras is able to win that. So I think it would be really, really cool if we could all come together and help him get that award because I think it would be very, very awesome to see 
And I think that that's pretty much all I got, but I do want to give a shout out. This is going to throw you guys for a fucking loop. I want to give a shout out to Spectrum. No free ads, but shout out to Spectrum. I think it's been a flawless stream. Oh, okay. um, I called Spectrum, I think Saturday morning, pissed off. The internet was even worse than before. Couldn't get my cell phone to work on my Wi-Fi. So I call him. I'm like, hey, your fucking internet stinks. I got this mesh Wi-Fi system plugged right into your Wi-Fi router. And the guy's like, whoa. I'm like, what? He said, you have your own mesh router plugged into our router? I said, yeah, for like two years. He's like, well, that's why your internet's messing up. You got two Wi-Fi routers fighting for signal. Like I was a fucking idiot. So I'm like, all right. So I unplug their, um, their Wi-Fi router, plug mine directly into modem, flawless internet ever since. So did I, did I take unnecessary shots at Spectrum many, many times? Potentially, but I'm man enough to say that maybe it was just me being a dumbass. But I still don't know why it took two years for it to start happening and start messing up. <laughs> well, I tell you what, uh, whoever helped you there, amazing. Uh, it has nice been a flawless. Yes, yes, thank you, Spectrum. Um, I gotta again apologize to everybody that tuned in today. That maybe it's their first time tuning in uh, because of uh, Jalen coming on the show. Uh, the time difference, it just it screwed us up. Uh, he's gonna join us unless he's in the lobby. He's not in the lobby, right? He he's not popped in. No. Oh, all right, gotcha. But uh, the time difference, it, it just it just happens. That's showbiz, baby. Uh, he is going to join us on another episode. Um, that stinks. I, I know maybe you guys are looking forward to that. We were very much looking forward to it as well. Uh, but I can guarantee you that we're going to have him back on the show so he could put Drew's Michigan ass in its place. So uh, you can look we forward to that. We might have to, to do that. a special college football episode. <laughs> we might have to. I got, I got nothing else but a – resounding freaking who day uh on to the next one after taking care of business down in florida that's all i got who day